side that <laughs> you don't raise my hand and I didn't get picked. So I see the frustration there, but was there a violation? I'm going to say no. Thanks, Commissioner Tulis. Vice Chair Chen? Maybe we can just um, cut the baby in half and have no finding. Mm -hmm. There's no finding on this complaint. Is that I one of our options? Hand. <laughs> Sorry. Commissioner Montgomery? Is that, is that one of our options? Like, what are our options again? Our options are uh, sustained with cure and correct recommendation, sustained without cure and correct recommendation, denied, denied as unfounded, or uh, dismissed on jurisdictional procedural grounds. I did that from memory. I hope it's right. Um, but with respect to individual claims within a complaint, um, I don't think that we are barred from making a no finding claim, no finding on a specific claim, but let's, I saw lots of grimacing during that too. Um, so I don't know if we need to go there. Commissioner Canberra. So this is a question for Chief Assistant Attorney McKenzie. The, the violation, are these um, strict liability types of, that's not the right choice of words I wanted to use. Um, in, intent, could, could we get away with a finding of substantial compliance? I believe this came up at another hearing and, well, regardless, there's nothing in the Sunshine Ordinance. Again, it doesn't provide that sort of um, guidance as far as um, if, is there an intent or is there a, is a lack of intent to um, violate, is that relevant? Um, one option, but I don't know if this is something that is I'm trying to figure out what you all are trying to articulate, but um, one option may be to find that there, to make a finding that there just wasn't enough evidence to, um, for the um, commission to conclude that there, um, that the city did in fact fail to allow the four speakers and, and go on and explain the fact that, that um, while the evidence, uh, um, introduced indicated that the speakers were attempting to um, raise their hand, a technological issue may have prevented the city. It, it, it may be some a way of allowing you all to, to make your point that the technology may have been one of the barriers here um, without, um, with, and still allow you, you to make a decision, a finding on the, on the claim. That's really helpful, Chief Assistant City Attorney. Um, tell me, everyone, what you think of something like this, um, if this is in fact how people feel. Uh, I think we can make a finding that, a factual finding that we found there to be credible evidence that members of the community believed they had raised their hands within the public comment period window before it was closed. Potentially add on to that that Many conceded they may have raised their hands late in the process. We also found there was credible evidence that on the city side, hands may not have been visible at the close of the public comment period. 
And on that basis, we make a finding of no violation. Uh, Essentially, these are the two sets of facts. It's a technological glitch potentially that causes these two sets of facts to coexist. Um, but that's just throwing that out there. Commissioner Montgomery, I saw your hand first. I'll let Commissioner Canberra go first and then I'll go after that if that's okay. Uh, well, I just, what, what would people, I think, because one of the things about one of our findings is if we, if we sustain, we can sustain without a cure and correct, which means it doesn't have to go on to the council. It would stay where we were. This is that they didn't get a chance to speak. I'm not sure if we can find a no fight. I mean, I'm not sure we can find a no violation. I, I can't go in that direction because I don't think there's a, a right to speak in the Sunshine Ordinance if you didn't comply with procedures. And that's what we're finding that we, you know, like, I'm not, I, I think we found some credible evidence that on the city's end, there was possibly no procedural violation. So, or that the hands weren't raised within procedures. And so I'm not, I'm not personally comfortable sustaining it on that basis, but other, there may be a majority without me. Um, Commissioner Montgomery, you said you wanted to go next and then Commissioner Tulis. Can you repeat what you're, what you're, what you, what you were leaning toward in a motion before? I, I did try and get it down. If did you, want me did to you try. get it, what she said? Yeah, so she wanted to make the factual finding that there was credible evidence that the members of the public believe they raised their hand and um, many conceded they raised it late, but there was also credible evidence on the city side that the hands were not visible and therefore you'd make a finding of no violation based on the technical glitch causing two sides to conflict. That's what I put down. Those are good notes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner, if you raise your hand. Oh, oops, I'm sorry. Was it, was you was um, I so move. All right, we have okay. a motion. We have a motion on the floor in a second. Okay, I will. Madam Clerk, uh, can you take the roll call? I'm sorry, Commissioner Tulos, that that. Go for it. Okay. Okay, uh, Commissioner Canberra. Aye. 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 <laughs> uh, Montgomery. Aye. Tulos. Aye. Chair Lopolato. Aye. That carries by five ice. All right. Um, moving right along, I think uh, these other ones might not be quite as uh, uh, require such a, a substantive debate. We'll see. Uh, claim number three. Uh, this is the one related to the informational web page. There wasn't a lot of evidence introduced about it tonight, um, but we all read the complaint. Uh, so I have the question for claim number three. And anybody correct me if you disagree. Oh, Commissioner Montgomery, your hands up. Okay. Um, I have the question as, uh, does Sunshine Ordinance Section 2-92.4G require the city to update the city's Grand Street informational webpage with notice of the November 1st, 2022 City Council meeting? And if so, did the city's failure to do so violate the Sunshine Ordinance? If anyone was looking at the question a different way. We can obviously modify that, but Commissioner Tillis. I'm gonna say no. Okay. No, it does not require that. No, because it's the, it's the meeting. It's the, it's the councils or the other boards and commissions. I think I see that more as a, a advertising type webpage that the city just puts out, but I don't think the Sunshine Ordinance covers that. 
Okay, great. Thank you, Commissioner Tulis. Commissioner Montgomery. I agree. Um, that the 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 separate is more of an informational web page where you can go and you can look at some things and read some things that are in motion. But I don't believe that that's actually part of the 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 update the agenda and 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 the minutes and the correspondence piece. I don't believe that that page has anything to do with the actual meeting or the sunshine ordinance requirements. Commissioner yeah. Canberra. Yeah. So, you know, in so reading this, though, I think the inquiry is shall be noticed at least as extensively as is required for meetings on the said project. So if you know if you and I want to be really clear, if you notice a specific project one way, then you would need to continue to do that at least as extensively as is required for meetings on the said project. With that said, I interpreted this a little bit differently in that if you were going to be noticing the project itself, it would have to be agendized and it would show up on a council agenda. And I think that's all you would have to do for the project itself. This talks about anticipation of a potential project, not a regular project. And so as long as the said project was noticed on the council, I think that this um, qualifies and no, the city does not have to do an informational website. Thank you, Commissioner Canberra. Vice Chair Chen. Oh, you're on mute. Choosing to, <laughs> you're, you're still on mute. Sorry, Vice Chair Chen. Clicking issues. <laughs> I agree. There's there's no reason that it should go on the informational page, since if you want to know if it's on the agenda, you go to the agenda. All right. Sounds like we probably have a unanimous agreement on this one fairly quickly. Does anyone want to make a motion? Um, I'll make the motion that we deny the complaint in violation number three, notices and posting of information. We have a second. Second. Thank you, Vice Chair Chen. Madam Clerk, can you take a roll call vote? Commissioner Chen. I mean, sorry, Canberra. I did the wrong order again. I look at you and then I get to say, Canberra. Aye. Chen. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Tilos. Aye. Chair Lopalato. Aye. That carries by five eyes. All right, we are at uh, the home stretch here, claim number four. Um, this is the one related to the October 18th, 2022 meeting agenda. Um, I think our questions really come in the form of it's a two-parter. We have a procedural issue here, possibly. Uh, first question is complainant's claim regarding an agenda item from the October 18th, 2022 city council meeting time barred because they did not file their sunshine ordinance complaint until uh, November 14th, 2022. Second question would be, if it's not time barred, did the city fail to provide a meaningful description of agenda item 5i on the October 18th, 2022 city council meeting agenda in violation of Sunshine Ordinance section 2-91.5 A, B, or F? Uh, Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand up. 
I had some some thoughts about this one um, as it as it pertains to that October thirty first email. Um, because I'm wondering if the if the email was sent was the, was I don't know did I don't remember did we hear that the response sent back was here is how you file a complaint with the OGC you know this is the complaint pro process because just sending an email that doesn't start the complaint process. See Madam Clerk with her hand up maybe some answers. Yeah, and there there is just one point that it didn't really get fleshed out, but the the letter that was October 31st, it said in the title line regarding 11-1 item number. And so anything that comes in like that is automatically attached to the agenda item. So that was correspondence for the 11-1 meeting is the way I interpreted it. And that it was setting up the discussion for 11-1. I did not take it as a Sunshine Ordinance complaint based on the title of it and that um, way it was written and submitted as correspondence for the item that was being heard. Thanks, Madam Clerk. Um, it may also be helpful with respect to the October 31 letter. So that's the Exhibit 3 to the complaint. Um, the title of it that Madam Clerk just referenced is Objection to Agenda Item 7F on the City Council's November 1st, 2022 regular agenda seeking to affect reconsideration of the City Council's October 4th, 2022 final vote in support of the alternative plan for Grand Street. It, there is within the letter a reference to October 18th, and I think that's what complainant was raising, um, but I do think it's helpful to have in the record how the issue was framed um, in that October 31st letter. Thank you. That was helpful. Are we talking about the title and, and or the substance of the letter itself? I was just reading the title. Um, in the substance of the letter itself, it does make a reference to the October 18th meeting at some point. Right, uh, yes, subsection C. Within? Within the letter, it's, um, what page would it be? Well, I can just read it. Um, the October 18th, 2022 agenda item also failed to adequately place the public on notice that the council would vote to rehear the final Grand Street plan at the November 1st, 2022 council meeting. That, that's the title. And if you give me a second, I think I can tell you where it is. A title of a heading within the October 31st letter? If you look at the complaint, Exhibit 3, I think it's starting at page 42, or no, 52. Yeah, it's the final section of argument within the, what is that, like roughly a 10-page letter? Yes, right. It's one paragraph within the 10-page letter. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the question that we have is... Uh, Ultimately, is this October 31st letter, a uh, freestanding letter, which should have triggered the complaint process such that the claim wouldn't be time barred? Um, I don't know how the other commissioners felt about the ripening argument. I found that it did not address the actual issue of notice from the October 18th agenda meeting and 
seem to continue a thrust towards the goal of actually just overturning the substantive decision. Um, how are people feeling about the time barred or not time barred question? Based on the fact no complaint was filed till November 14th and yet this October 31st letter exists. Commissioner Montgomery. Yeah, I'm feel I feel time barred by the issue personally because if because the actual email was sent and feel feeling like that was a a a, a process um but I don't I don't have any response to to that email like because because it wasn't looked at as a start of a complaint it was looked at as part of correspondence for the next meeting so I don't I don't feel like because of the title of it it has any anything to do with that first one but just by reading the title it would all be about the second one so I, I think it, it it may be time barred thanks commissioner Montgomery other commissioners I know personally I believe that it is sufficient to uh essentially equitably told to invoke the, the, pro to invoke the process. I mean, if we read that section C, it's very clear what's said. Now, so I, I don't think there's any question that the letter itself raises that issue. The question is, did we read the 10 pages to get to that point, right? Which I'm not sure is a consideration. The letter is in and it has that information on it. Yeah, Commissioner Camber, I thought you're, you had a good point about the um, the specific sentence in the complaint procedure about freestating letters. And, um, you know, regardless of which way this one goes, this may uh, warrant revisiting that sentence or, or making the language a little more clear on, you know, when obligations are triggered. Um, I thought I saw another hand up in there. I don't know. I like to wonder, do other commissioners reading that think that that was sufficient to raise the issue. Can somebody read, I can't find that piece of the letter. Can somebody read where the actual complainant, that, that piece of the letter for me? Yeah, I can, would you like me to read it or do you want, you want to reference, do you, do you have access to the complaint? Yes, I do, but I'd rather you just read it for me right okay. now. Okay, so it is um, section C and it says, the October 18th, 2022 agenda item also failed to adequately place the public on notice that the council would vote to, in this case, rehear the final Grand Street plan uh, at the November 1st, 2022 council meeting. That's the heading. The body says, the mayor's motion on October 18th, 2022, to seek council approval to place the Grand Street item back before council on November 1, 2022, is not reflected in the October 18th, 2022, Grand Street Limited I-5 agenda item, quote, or parentheses, for increasing funding, under close parentheses, under which it was discussed. Although the city was aware by October 6th, 
insufficient time to properly agendize the items separately for the October 18th council meeting and give the public adequate notice of what would transpire at the meeting, the city did not post such an item on the agenda. The notion that the matter discussed on October 18th was merely procedural is not supported by the facts or circumstances. Thank you, thank you. There's a wrinkle here that I've been not wanting to have to dig into, but um, looking at 2-93.2, uh, the complaint procedures section of the Sunshine Ordinance, which contains the statute of limitations. Um, so subsection A begins with, any person may file a complaint against any violation of the Sunshine Ordinance no more than 15 days after the alleged violation. The final sentence of that subsection also says, no complaint shall be accepted when filed against a member of the city council or an officially declared candidate within 45 days of the city election. Um, this complaint as written is complaint against the entire city council. It does list the mayor first as who's contacted. I don't know if there would have been some type of bar to even, I don't, I don't interpret that to mean it's like a complaint against an individual candidate. So I think they still would have been able to proceed with a complaint, but it is possibly an interesting wrinkle in the Sunshine Ordinance that there may have been an, almost an impossibility of filing the complaint uh, mm. prior to the election. Yeah. yeah. Commissioner Montgomery. Give me that section again. Oh, I see it. No, it's sub C. 2-93.2A is what I was looking at. Commissioner Montgomery. Just reminding everybody of the time. Clock is ticking. Clock is ticking. That's a nice break to find. I do remember that piece. And we are right up at an election and there's multiple people on that council running for election. It wasn't just the mayor, the vice mayor and the councilman. Yeah, I think three of the five. It would be, uh, arguably that complaint could have been <laughs> uh, rejected out of hand on that sentence. Um, were a complaint to have been filed, you know, framed as it is, but it's also sort of broader on the city council agendizing processes, so maybe not. Um, we do have a time issue. Uh, we have this section regarding this claim, which requires making a finding about the procedural question of whether it's time barred and then whether the agenda um, sufficiently meaningfully described the topics that that came up during the meeting. Then there's also claim number five about uh, whether the description of the November 1st uh, council meeting agenda item was, was also meaningful enough. Um, commissioners, this is, this is the gut check, get real time. Is there a possibility that we can wrap this up within 20 minutes? Do people feel that they can? I, I picked an arbitrary number there but I also want to be mindful that we have attorneys, staff, members of the public with us. And I think we need to call it uh, at a time that's at least somewhat consistent with council practices. I think at the right we're going, it's, it's more than 20 minutes. I think the last two are sort of the beefier ones. Whether they were sufficient notice of those agenda items? 
Um, and, and the current one, we're talking about time barred, not time barred. And this is one of the tougher ones, but um, I'm, I'm open. I'm getting pretty tired, but I am open to uh, what people are thinking. And, the, and what I think three of us are probably coming off of this commission. So it'd be up to a whole new set to maybe wrap this up. Right. Well, we can't, I don't think we can have, well, Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie, can you enlighten us as to what I, the situation I hoped we would not end up in, but what could happen, what are the options here? Uh, were the hearing not to conclude tonight with findings um, and the lack of options may instruct um, us? Well, um, and, and Madam Clerk may have insight as well, but um, my take is that um, you can make a finding on, you could, you can make a, you, you could have a decision on the first three claims that you've made decisions on already. Um, but then the remaining two, um, I, you, if you wouldn't, if there wouldn't be at least three of the five of you who have heard all the evidence, um, you, it would have to start anew. Like you have, you have to have at least three, three individuals and they, and then that, decision would have to be unanimous. So if, if, if two of you are not going to be here, the other three um, could conceivably come back at another time and hear it. If three of you are not here, then yeah. Yeah, we're losing a majority of the commissioners rotating yeah. off. Um, all right, Commissioner Montgomery. Oh God, this hurts. I move that we finish this hearing tonight, keeping in mind the timing and everybody keep it short, succinct and to the point and that we finish what we have to finish so we don't leave a bunch of stuff for somebody else to do. I second that. Equally in pain. Um, I make a friendly amendment. Let's put the clocks at a minute and a half. I accept. Okay. Do you still second, Chair Lopalana? I think two is more reasonable. Would you accept that friendly amendment? Fine. <laughs> okay. Commissioner Second. Montgomery, two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Great. Can, okay. we, can we restate that, please? <laughs> okay. We're going to. We're going to stay here and we're going to finish these last two. We're going to finish this hearing. We're going to wrap it up tonight. We're going to give each of us two minutes to speak so that it does not go past, you know, horrible times. And we're just going to keep going until we're done. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to support that. You guys can go ahead and vote. But this is the most important task that this commission does. We are quasi-judicial making decisions on a violation of an ordinance. And you know, I'm sorry if we have to go later, but we need to give it all of the thought and all of the discussion that is necessary. My two cents. And my two cents to that too is, it's, you know, this, you get to these later hours, you know, we get more hasty in decisions and uh, yeah. 
I, I think at some time you got to call it and continue. And it's, I think this is unfortunate oh. that we don't, yeah. we're not going to have the continuing option with our current um, cast of characters here. I, I'll just say as the chair, I, th I think this is the reality of the process. It's something that can go into um, thinking with respect to how many speakers come during public comment, brevity of comments. Ending at midnight is the typical practice for, I think, city meetings across the board, um, except for extenuating circumstances. And I am optimistic that with the thought we've put into uh, all these materials that were you know, primarily based on the, the written materials that were submitted ahead of time, I think we can make our best efforts to be concise with what we are thinking, um, make a motion, I will attempt to be as succinct as I can as the chair in, in moving things along. Um, but in theory, we should be coming with, at this point, we should have some semblance of opinions formed. And so I think let's try to uh, introduce a motion, debate on that, and uh, see where we're at. Uh, I'm open to it being a three-minute clock. But I'm I, so I, I, one and a half. <laughs> So, um, Commissioner Montgomery, the motion was yours. I think there's a motion on the floor. Um, do you want to restate your motion and we can proceed along that path? And um, I think I've got it. it. I think it Thank was that she moved approval to finish and um, she accepted the friendly amendment to give everybody two minutes on the clock. All right. Do we have a second? I'll second. All right. Can we take a roll call vote, please? Commissioners, Canberra. Nay. Chen. Yes. Montgomery. Aye. Tilos. Aye. Chair Lopalato. Aye. That motion carries four to one. All right. So we'll set two minutes on the clock for everyone. While that's happening, I will uh, reorient us to requesting a motion on. Um, whether commissioners find the complaint to be time barred. Claim number four, specifically with respect to the uh, October 18th agenda item. So move. Vice Chair Chen, could, could you state it as a full motion so that we can get Oh, okay, I move that, uh, We deny claim number four on uh, the fact that it's time barred. Is that jurisdictional or procedural? Uh, Chief Assistant City Attorney, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's a dismissed as procedure on procedural grounds, right? Yes. Okay, on procedural grounds. Do we have a second? Mr. Montgomery? Second. All right, Madam Clerk, can we take a roll call vote on the motion to dismiss claim number four on procedural grounds? Do we have a discussion? I'd like to understand the basis for the commissioners to find that it is not sufficient. And if it's just, you don't find it sufficient, that's fine. But I'd like to hear from each commissioner. I Let's take the oh. vote. Let's take the vote and add onto the findings if we need to, if we have a majority vote there. Okay. Madam Clerk? Commissioner Canberra? Nay. Chen? Aye. Montgomery? Aye. Tilos? Nay. Uh, Chair Lopalato? Aye. 
that motion carries three to two. Okay. So with a three to two majority finding the, the claim to be dismissed, I think we do absolutely to commissioner Camber's point need to put a little meat on the bones. Um, and vice chair Chen, I'll open that to you. I have some thoughts on what that could look like. If well, I, you know, I feel that claim number five is the meaty one. Well, so, and, so on claim four, we're just trying yeah, to, on claim on. four, it seemed like a backup. Okay, so we're looking at the specific question of, of I think Commissioner Canberra posed. Yeah, and so on. Right, claim so four. claim four is time barred. And, but and claim that, five is not because that's. Yeah, we, we, haven't gotten a claim, we haven't gotten a claim five yet. I know, so, I know, yeah. but I'm just <laughs> looking at the two of them saying that's where we should be really talking about it. Yeah, yeah. So with claim four and the finding that's time barred, I will say the basis for my I vote was. Um, my finding that the letter submitted October 31st, 2022 did not constitute a complaint filed within the 15 day window as the sunshine ordinance requires. And I would also add on that the letter submitted October 31st titled, and I would include the title of that in the written finding. Um, that's, that's where I was coming from, Commissioner Montgomery. Same. Vice Chair Chan, if, if that's in line with your thinking, yes. then I think that's what we would add to our findings. Obviously, the claim will note that it was a 3-2 decision. Um, with that, yeah. I, go ahead. I have a question. Then in our procedures, we do have a way of dealing with that, that there is a responsibility for the city to give the complaining party the complaint form in order to do that in the complaint procedures in the complaint procedures which we had a discussion about whether there was authority we went back to the alameda municipal code that said that the open government commission has sufficient authority to develop internal procedures right and it added oomph i remember that part of discussion very well oomph. i thought yes. that was an excellent <laughs> point commissioner canberra um to me, that does not lead to us having an ability to alter the statute of limitations, which is very clearly set out in 2-932, stating a person may file a complaint against any violation no more than 15 days after the alleged violation. Um, we've talked about ambiguous timelines and equitable tolling with respect to Public Records Act requests, but I think when it comes to meetings, we need to stand very firm on what that timeline looks like. Commissioner Montgomery? Yeah, my reasoning behind that was that the letter didn't substantiate a complaint is because of the, the verbiage that was used. In nowhere did they say that this is an official OGC or complaint against the sunshine ordinance. It wasn't worded in that way. It's only as a matter of why they were doing it. So that's that's why I said that. Okay, I think, um, Madam Clerk, Chief Assistant City Attorney, do you feel you have enough to list under that claim, the basis for the 3-2 finding. Okay, seeing heads nod, um, we can move to claim five. For the, for clarity of anyone too, that's exactly the finding I would have made at 9.30 at night tonight. <laughs> um, claim number five, 
We have, uh, I think a question of, did the city fail to provide a meaningful description of agenda item 7F on the November 1st, 2022 city council meeting agenda in violation of sunshine ordinance section 2-91.5 A, B or F? Um, Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie, I think it would be helpful for you to read, if you don't mind, the code sections that were cited in the complaint about what it is that's required by 2-91.5. Sure. Um, so subsection A requires, and we, we talked about this one earlier, subsection A requires a, an agenda item to include a quote, meaningful description of each item of business to be transacted transacted or discussed. Then subsection B um, defines a meaningful description as being, quote, sufficiently clear and specific to alert a person of average intelligence and education whose interests are affected by the item that he or she may have reason to attend the meeting or seek more information on the item. Um, subsection F uh, prohibits a policy body from taking action or discussing an item that does not appear on the posted agenda. Those are the three subsections that the complainant cited in their complaint. Thank you, Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie. Um, I think it's also helpful for everyone to review the title of the agenda section. Would um, you like me to read that? If you have it handy, that would be great. Sure. Recommendation to consider new information regarding the Grand Street resur resurfacing and safety improvement project and authorize the interim city manager or designee to proceed with construction documents for the Grand Street resurfacing and safety improvement project final concept. All right, commissioners. Uh, this is one of those areas where I lived experience noticing, reading noticed agendas and determining whether it applies to a certain matter uh, can be very helpful based on the evidence and our common sense. Does anybody have a motion one way or the other they'd like to make? Commissioner Tilos. Don't have a motion yet, but I'm sort of leaning towards that the description doesn't lead me as, you know, someone who just read it, that a new boat was going to be happening on it. That's how I sort of interpreted that. It's like, okay, they're going to revisit some new information, but knowing that it was voted on, you know, in prior meetings and a race set, it maybe said, oh, maybe there's some new information, but... <laughs> I didn't get the gist that, hey, we're going to overturn a decision at this meeting. That's okay. sort of how I, I, re, I read that description. If I'm just picking up the paper, I saw that, and in the back of my head, I knew that what was already going on with the project, it's not triggering me to think that they're going to change it up. Okay. Thanks, Commissioner Tills. Commissioner Montgomery? Commissioner Canberra. Yeah, I have a question for Chief Assistant City Attorney. Um, it, the agenda item as described 
Does that also include attachments if they are part of the agenda packet itself? Are you talking about the meaningful description? For meaningful description, for 7F, there's the what was read, and then directly below it, there are attachments with a number of links. Right. Um, let me just take a look at the subsection again. Bear with me. Um, I, I think that, um, let me try to make sure I answer your question, that the subsection B of that 91.5 um, also goes on to state the description shall be brief, concise. It shall refer to any explanatory documents that have been provided to the policy body in connection with an agenda item, such as correspondence or reports, and such documents shall be posted with the agenda or if they're more than one page in length made available for public inspection. So to answer your question, I, I believe what you're getting at is whether um, um, a description needs to refer to certain documents. Um, and I would say yes. So, you know, giving an example, if, you know, the council is being asked to sign a lease uh, or, or authorize the city manager to enter into a lease, the description should, should in addition to having a link to the lease, should also refer in the title to the fact that the action being um, discussed would be entering into that lease. So in this current situation, in this current um, set of facts, um, the, I, the items that were referenced in that description would be, let me just look at the description. Um, construction documents and the um, project final concept. So could, under the new information, could proposed final concept plan link be considered attached to that? I think it could, yes. Okay, thank you. I have a related question for Chief Assistant City Attorney. Um, is the staff report considered to be sort of part of the meaningful description? Because I do notice that 2-915-91.5a says, you know, shall specify for each item of business the proposed action or a statement that the item is for discussion only. And in the staff report, it typically says, as it does on the November 1st agenda item, what the possible courses of action might be. So if the question is, you know, was there sufficient notice of whether a vote might be taken or whether action could be taken, do we consider the staff report as part of that or are we bound to the, you know, three-line title? Um, generally, I think we really look to the title, but maybe um, Madam City Clerk may have some context that she could share. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think we've ever really, I don't think the commission has ever delved into like that 
you know, including it or not including the staff report. I mean, clearly that's all part of the public, but if the person just reads the agenda, they wouldn't read the report. So it could just be limited to the agenda. Mr. Montgomery. When recommendation to consider new information in that statement, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a plan for a vote, a new vote. Does it or does it? What does consider new information imply? I mean, what are we going to do with it? Like, and if you can't re-vote on something, why are we hearing it? I'm very confused about this issue. I'll just throw out the like the lived experience as an advocate, I would then check this. If I saw something related to a project I cared about, I would check the staff report to see what actions might be taken. Staff reports included with the initial agenda posting. The alternatives listed in the staff report include consider the new information and approve the recommended concept, including the separated bike lanes, or consider the new information and take no action. So the staff report to me lays out very clearly the path that could have been taken. Um, so if the staff report is included, then I would say that's definitely sufficient notice in my eyes. I also think the title would have put me on notice to go check the staff report, but I'm a nerd. So others, <laughs> Vice Chair Chen. I just checked the staff report and uh, it says alternatives. I mean, blah, 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 blah. Alternatives, the council may consider the new information and improve the recommended concept for the Grand Street resurfacing with separated bike lanes and chicanes north of Otis, or consider the new information and take no action to modify the council's uh, October 4th decision. So it is in the staff report. Yeah, no, I've been tricked many times before, so that's why I jump into the staff report. But um, a lot of innocent people might not do that. Um, and we need to think about what the, the ordinance requires to in the level of notice. Uh, Commissioner Montgomery, your hand is up and then Commissioner Canberra. Um, I, regard, because of all the things that we've talked about tonight and that, that some people are having a hard time accessing specific information, any place I think this, you know, can be directly pointed back at, at, at this, um, it, it, you're you, Chair Loplato, and you know a lot of things about how government works and how the law works, but does our average citizen here in Alameda know that you should check a staff report? I, I think that that makes it more, that's one more level that we, we don't know. Like, I wouldn't have known, and I've been doing a hundred million meetings since we started doing Zooms for city councilmen and, and, and going into staff reports is something that I would literally have to call somebody and go, do you know where I can find this information? And then they would have to tell me to go there. I'm not sure that because it's common knowledge to you and that because that's the first thing that you would do, is that the first thing that the average Alameda citizen would think to do? Absolutely. Um... Commissioner Camber, you had a hand raised, and then Commissioner Tulos, I see your hand, yeah. your hand as well. So I think the law in this area, though, keeps us to the four corners of the document. 
without having to go to some link someplace else to do a staff report. And so for me, I think the, and I have three specific pieces of information that I used for my shared experience. And that is new information, Grand Street proposed final concept. That is within the four corners of that. And is that sufficient notice to let someone know that the council is going to be voting on a proposed final concept possibly? That's how I kind of look at it. And is it sufficient notice, Commissioner Canberra? I'd like to hear from my other commissioners first. Uh, Commissioner Teals, I'm gonna just wait to hear from you and go yep. to Chief Assistant City Attorney first. Yeah, I just want to, to, to focus the commission on the standard that's in the Sunshine Ordinance, which is um, it, this description is meaningful if it's sufficiently clear and specific to alert a person of average intelligence and education whose interests are affected by the item that, and then this is, the, I think, the what you, that you all may choose to focus on, that he or she may have reason to attend the meeting or seek more information on the item, end quote. And I think this is, is because this section also requires that the, um, the description be brief and concise, it, it um, hard to, to be brief and concise and have, um, well, it, it, there's there's just a tension within that. So I think um, the commission may choose to focus on, on that standard of, um, would it put someone on notice that they may, they, they should seek additional information on something. Thank you, Chief Assistant City Attorney. Commissioner Tulos, thanks for your patience. Yeah, I just want to reiterate, you know, what Vice Chair Chen said, it's like, and she's, been doing this a long time and she got tricked you she's like an expert in doing this stuff and she's gotten tricked so i'm thinking you know people who don't do this as often or i won't you know talk about you know regular smarts or not but just you know inexperience i would just say that i would have difficulty you know going through the extra layers and sort of you know when we read about what Councilman Daysog said and some of the other people, there's like, this was already voted on. And now if those people know that this was voted on already and they just see the wording that, hey, some new stuff is happening, maybe it'll, it'll get introduced. I don't, for me, I, I'm thinking, hey, okay, there's some new information. I, I still don't get the piece where it's telling me it's like, uh-oh, this might get re-voted on. I didn't get that from the description. Okay, thanks, Commissioner Tulis. Um, Chief Assistant City Attorney, your hand is still up. Did you have anything further? Okay. Um, it sounds like we have some folks who feel this was not sufficient notice. Um, I would entertain a motion so we can keep it moving. We might have a majority on that. I'll make the motion that this was not properly noticed. CB, and just for clarity, because Commissioner Canberra was great to flag this before, um, we'd be you'd be sustaining the complaint on claim number five on the basis that the agenda item did not have not a sufficiently meaningful description. Meaningful description. Okay. All right, Commissioner Chilos has made a motion. Is there a second? 
Second. All right, there's a second on the floor. Commissioner Camber, do you have a friendly amendment? No, I just want to get one more clarification from Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie, because I want okay. to make sure that I understand that, is that the, the links, not the content behind the links, but the links themselves that show as attachments on this agenda item are considered part of the agenda notice City Attorney, you're muted. Sorry, um, I, I don't. I, I don't believe that um, the actual content of the linked items is considered. That the that the that the the documents should be referenced themselves. The linked items should be their title should be called out in the. Um, in the the title of the document should be included in the agenda description. If if that if if the actual document, um, Commissioner Canberra, is what you are focused on, um, that that doc, if there's a document that's linked that you think is critical to um, being to the agenda item having a meaningful description the name or the reference to that document should be included in the agenda description. So in other words, proposed final concept plan, which is the title of the exhibit, technically should be in the actual wording of the agenda as opposed to just new information. Well, as I, I in this particular example, I was under the impression that they proposed um, project, the final concept, project final concept was included in the, in the title. At the very end, am I, am I? Oh, I see. Vice yeah, I'm just staring at <laughs> how we have the motion on the floor. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I know we have the motion on the floor, but I'm I'm just I think it is disingenuous the way the agenda item is written. All right, let's do our vote then. Um, because I think y'all have a majority. So we had a motion from Commissioner Chilos. Do we have a second by Commissioner Montgomery? Commissioner Montgomery. Madam Clerk, can you take a roll call vote, please? Commissioners Canberra. Um, aye. Chen. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Tilos. Aye. Chair Lopilato. No. That carries four to one. All right. We've concluded our uh, hearing on item 3A. Um, I don't think there's anything further we need to do there, although Chief Assistant City Attorney or Madam Clerk, you'll let us know if there is. Gesundheit. Um, Madam Clerk, uh, Vice Chair Chen, I see your hand is still up. There is one item I wanted to flag for Madam Clerk, which is the next item on the agenda would have been 4A with three of us rotating off who would have been able to approve the minutes. I am thinking you would not be able to approve minutes after, but maybe it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, no, it's actually okay. They can watch the video and then they can confirm that it is an accurate representation. I think we've had to do it before. But also, I'm not sure Commissioner Telos is leaving, but I'm checking on that too. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Oh, he seemed to think he was. <laughs> that surprised me. It scared me. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, will, so, I will meet with the Vice Mayor Daysock about this. All right. Um, wouldn't that be just a fun twist if there actually would have been three all along? Um, so uh, we left off at potentially taking up new matters if they came on before 1130. That did not come to pass, I think, on that basis. Uh, items 4A and 4B need to be continued to a further meeting. Um, does that require a motion? It's, already, it's already done. It's it, all you done. didn't take action, so it's, it's fine. It'll, we'll just staff will bring it back. Excellent. Okay. Um, then, I don't know. what. Are, Madam Clerk, can you remind me as I frantically search for our basic agenda, what else, what other steps we need to go through to complete the evening? Um, I, I mean, there is the uh, staff update. There's no commissioner agenda requests, and then there's, you know, commissioner communications that you can hear or not hear. So. Okay. Um, no agenda requests, thankfully. I have a commissioner yeah. communication, which is that um, I am opting to, to not continue my service on this commission. The mayor is transitioning to a new term um, and will have an excellent new appointee. Uh, it's been a real honor to serve alongside all of you. I'm really proud of the work we did and the grit that we showed and uh, the length of these meetings and the substance of what we worked on. So um, I hope that uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, and I look forward to watching from the sidelines and cheering this commission on. Uh, Commissioner Montgomery. I realized that after the last meeting, which I thought was my last meeting, that I didn't say goodbye to anybody because it was just done and we were trying to get out. So I wanted to take this minute to also say thank you and how much I appreciated all of you and your points of view and listening to your words that were not my words um, is, is often like a mind opening and heart opening experience. So I appreciate all of you. Love that. Thanks, Commissioner Montgomery. Um, any other commissioner communications for the evening? Vice Chair Chen. Well, I'm just sorry that uh, I've never met the, the two of you in three dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> this is the postage stamp uh, commission, but uh, I, I really appreciate uh, you just jumping in, uh, Commissioner Montgomery, and uh, not missing a beat, you know, just, just really being a part of this commission. And uh, I've already spoken about how much I appreciate Chair Lopilato now more than ever. Good grief. <laughs> but uh, you've been a, a real asset to the commission and moved the work of the commission forward um, by at least 10 years. <laughs> because there was so much turnover in the past and no complaints. And we had a ton of complaints. So we had a, a ton of issues we needed to deal with. So I, I really appreciate it. Someday I'll meet you in person. Absolutely. We'll do an OGC alumni reunion of some kind. Um, Commissioner Tilos. Yeah, I just want to thank you for your service as well as Commissioner Montgomery. Also, thank you, Commissioner Canberra and Vice Chair Chen. Um, not sure if this will be my last meeting, but Definitely a pleasure to work with all of you. We're not letting you go. 
<laughs> Commissioner Cambria, I see your hand up as well. Yeah, we, we will come back to get you guys one way or the other. You can be sure of that. So, yeah, I will say, like I say, that with Commissioner Montgomery, it was a pleasure working with you. And Ruben, this is our second go around on the Open Government Commission. So 10 years later. And for Chair Lopalato, I wasn't on the commission when all of the heavy lifting was being done. And I am a big process guy and a template guy. And I can't tell you how valuable it was to have you as part of that team to put it all together to make our job that much easier. Thank you. Yes. Well, uh, a happy end of year to all of us. And I think everybody should uh, give themselves a pat on the back for the, the hard work um, this year. And I want to say a big, big thank you as we wrap up 2022 to Madam City Clerk and Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie, um, who yes. have been the staff support for this commission in in the years that I've been on it now, like the <laughs> most substantive, intense, long meetings where, you know, we've been through a lot and um, and you two have really just been incredible resources to this commission and the public. Uh, with that. No, I have one more thing. Oh yes, Vice Chair Chen. I wanted to thank all the people who came and testified. Mm. And sat through watching us <laughs> because I think that that's why we exist to have people paying attention and to understand how complicated government is. And that please know that all of us come from our hearts, the kind of uh, votes we took tonight. And, and that it's, I mean, we're not taking position on the issue itself, but on whether our, our city government followed the processes they set up to follow for open government and nothing is perfect. But I, I think this makes me feel good that um, we're moving in a positive direction. Okay. Yeah. But again, thank you for all of you who, who sat in and, and watched this whole thing, because I know it could be torture, but at least you can eat. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as we are well into tomorrow, um, I will take the opportunity to, uh, this is the first time I've had to do this, adjourn the Open Government Commission meeting on the day after it began. <laughs> But thank you, everyone. I'm sure we'll all uh, be seeing the written decision and, and we'll have an opportunity to um, to review that shortly. All right. Good night. Thanks all. Good Bye. night.